but anyway, I, I want to, I didn't want to preach this message this morning, or I, I wanted to preach a different message. I, I wanted to preach on suffering. <laughs> Uh, I, I actually wanted to spin off from what Pastor Gary was talking about last week about suffering with Christ and sharing our sufferings with God. That's what I wanted. And so yesterday, uh, about halfway through the day, um, you know, I'm kind of going through the day, just going through the day as normal, as I would normally go through a Saturday afternoon. And um, I felt like the Lord speak to me, Gomer. And I thought, I'm not preaching on Gomer. I'm not, I'm not going to do that. And some of you are like, well, you know, we're going to get there in a second. But I'm not preaching on Gomer. I'm, I'm not going to do it, Lord. I've, I've got my notes. I've got good notes. I've got, I've got great notes, and I'm all set to go. You can't change it up. And, and then uh, this, this morning, <laughs> yeah, he, the pastors and elders know because it happens so often. Thanks a lot, God. Um, but this morning, as I was going over my notes, I just, again, I felt the Lord speak to me, Gomer. And I thought, I, I know, I get it. We're all Gomer, right? We're all, and we're gonna see that in just a second. But he said, no, 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 go get Gomer, right? So the title of this message this morning is Go Again. And, and we're gonna read the powerful world, uh, words of Hosea, which just blow my mind. You know, the very message, um, the very message of the gospel that in of itself is good news. Amen. It's, it's got to be good news. I was sharing with the, the, the high schoolers and middle schoolers on Friday when we do chapel here. Um, I remember growing up, I worked at uh, Starbucks in Portsmouth, New Hampshire, right at One Market Square. And Market Square is beautiful if you know anything about Portsmouth, New Hampshire. And uh, for days and days and days on end before 9-11, there was a, a preacher, and after 9-11 as well, there was a preacher that would stand out there uh, right at the stone church and just scream and hold up the Bible and, and preach fire and brimstone. And, and, and he would do that days on end. His face would be red and veiny and, and, and coming out. And people knew you know, that I serviced uh, at Starbucks. I gave them their coffee, so they liked me a little bit. Um, so as they would come in, they knew what I was about. Portsmouth, New Hampshire is really cool because there's that social security office right there. I was seeing people from all over the world. I love that. I love meeting different people with new accents. It's just incredible how the Lord was using me there, even at, as an ignorant teenager. Um, but then people would come in and they would know that I'm a Christian and they would say, why is that guy so angry and you're so happy? You know? And, and then I thought at that point, I was thinking about it this past Friday actually when I was sharing to the high schoolers and middle schoolers, you know, the gospel is good. It's good news. It doesn't mean that, that there's stuff in here that's, that's warning us because there are warning signs. There are warning signs all around us. But ladies and gentlemen, it is the good news of the gospel. And so we see that in Hosea too where it is good news from the very fact that we have been pulled from the places that we have been. Amen? Anybody been places that you probably, uh, you know, you blush when you think about? Right? Those places that you just, I want to forget. I want to move on from that. We've all got them. You know, I pray that my, my children never get them, though I don't see them in here. Uh, but I just, I, pr I pray. I pray that they never see them. High schoolers that go to Living Waters, I pray that you never see what I had to go through, right? And it's not like I had to go through. I chose to go through these things. But nevertheless, he pulls us out. Amen? You have been pulled out. I have been pulled out. Um, and so therefore, therefore, we're each here this morning. We are each here indicative of the good news of the gospel. We are each here uh, this morning because of somebody was faithful in their calling enough to say, I'm praying for you. Will you listen to me? Will you, will you learn from me? In my case, it was a couple youth pastors. Um, I, I was thinking in youth group the other night. Uh, there's a couple children um, that may or may not be related to me, uh, but there's a couple children that are crazy and then I thought, and I found myself getting really frustrated because Wednesdays, man, Wednesdays are long days. Wednesdays, I have class all day. I shouldn't be talking too much because Jeremy has like 115 classes a day. Uh, but I had classes all day on Wednesday. I have meetings on Wednesday. By the time I get the youth group, I don't want to be there. But I know that I have to be there because the Lord's called me to be there. And, and uh, so I don't want to be there. And these kids are acting up. There's a couple in particular. And man, they're acting up. 
And, and they're just like, they're just trying to be funny for the sake of trying to be funny. And I find myself, my patience growing really thin. And I thought, whoa, wait a minute, that's me. That loud, obnoxious kid, that is totally me. <laughs> and then I, then I remember my youth pastors that were so patient with me. I was that kid that would interrupt just to try to be funny. Like, like guys, what I do in the elders meeting, I'm sorry. Okay, but I would just do that, right, to try to be funny because I thought I was. And then I see it now. And I'm like, those four youth pastors, God bless them. God bless them. Amen. But the reason why we are all here is because somebody was faithful. Somebody was faithful. Something happened in your life. Something happened in my life that made us look at the gospel and say, I need that. I've got to have more of you, God. I don't know what this is. And and then if we are honest and if we, we go through our Christian life, the whole meaning, the whole purpose of that is to grow more in that, to become more like Christ. That is why we are called Christians, right? It is not a watered down, uh, westernized religion. It is supposed to be because we are like Christ. They were first called uh, Christians in Antioch because they were like Christ. And I've shared this multiple times from the pulpit that wasn't necessarily uh, a happy, clappy, good thing. Oh, look, there's another Christian. I'm gonna go have coffee with him today. In fact, it was, oh, look at that Christian trying to come against what we're, what we're all about politically and religiously, okay? They were, they were like Christ in the fact that when Christ was here upon this earth, took the form of a man, which didn't have to, but came anyway because of us, because of love, so therefore, he turned everything upside down. I love this story about Christ walking into the temple, And he's sitting there fashioning a whip. I can see him frothing at the mouth as he's fashioning that whip. And he's just getting more and more angry. And then he drives out the money changers. And he drives out those that are selling doves. They're selling doves because somebody is trying to make money off making sure poor people had sacrifices. Okay? For the festival. And so Christ saw this and said, I'm not going to let him do this. And I love that story. Because we see that it's a a temple area about the size of three football fields. If you want to know what three football fields look like, go past Bonnie Eagle on your way home. You'll see one football field. Just multiply that by three. There you go. Christ went through that place, driving them out. Christ turned things upside down. So when they were called Christians, they were also like Christ. They were healing on the Sabbath. They were delivering people, right? People like legion, people like lepers that were unclean, saying, you can't come near me, stay six feet away at least. You've got to call yourself out. You've got to let that app know on your phone that you have COVID, or I'm sorry, leprosy, so you can come over here, right? Again, I'm not trying to politicize things either. I'm just saying we see history repeat itself, but nevertheless, those Christians, man, those Christians turned everything upside down. Not for the sake of turning everything upside down, but for the sake of the gospel, For the sake of the king who sits high upon his throne saying, go and make disciples. Go and make disciples, not to make your name great, but to grow the kingdom of God. Amen? To grow the kingdom of God, the church, uh, all throughout the world. I'm not going to just totally bash the American church today. I'm going to take it a little bit easy on the American church. Usually I go fall out, but, but we've done a really good job. Westernized Christianity has done a really good job at watering things down and boxing it up and so we can put it on a shelf and we can market it. So that way, if we don't have that, other, other churches can say, yo, I need that, and then we can buy that. There's nothing wrong with, I love other people's material. I love it so much, and I want to support people that have good material, but not watered down material. Amen? Amen? Material that is full of the gospel, of its potency, of its power, the same power that raised Christ from the dead, that's what we need in this day in 2021. Amen? Amen. We need a full potency gospel, and I'm glad that we're a part of the church where we're not ashamed of that. Amen? Amen? I love the freedoms that we have in worship, especially the last year or so. You know, there's been a different freedom in worship. I love it this morning. I never look up. I never look up as a rule because me, myself, when I want to close my eyes and shut myself off from you. I love you, but I need to worship too. When I'm up there, I'm not just singing these songs. I've got to worship. And so therefore, I shut my eyes. 
I'm partially deaf in this ear anyway, so I put my earphone in this one. Earphone, what am I, 50? I'm sorry. I mean, uh, what am I, 150? 150. I'm sorry, I can't, I'm almost there. So, um, but, I, you know, I put my earbud, there we go. My sons, my sons are going to call me boomer all day, I'm sorry. But I put my ear in, so that way I can't hear anything, I can't see anything. But this morning I happened to look up and I see people dancing, and then, man, I had chills all over. I'm like, yo, let's go. Let's go, let's go for the kingdom. Amen, it's not about me, it's not about that guitar. I love that guitar. It's not about the music, it's not about Jeremy, it's not about the the ladies up here singing. It is about the kingdom of God and and bringing the gates of hell down, amen? Amen, I'm excited. I'm excited for what the church is doing this day and age. I think 2020 was probably one of the best things that could have happened to the westernized culture church. Do you know more? Converts came to Christ in 2020 than in the last previous 10 years. Converts, though, I want to talk about disciples. Now, I'm not, I'm not watering down those converts. I'm saying, yes, let's go, okay? But let's bring those converts, let's make those converts into disciples, amen? And the church, again, we've done a really good job at saying, yeah, we need to make disciples, but then have no clue how to do it. And I'm speaking from example. You know, we, we talk about it in meetings, in elders' meetings, and, and Pastor Gary have our meeting. How do we make disciples? We gotta make disciples. We, we know that we gotta make disciples. How do we do it? We gotta be a disciple. You reproduce what you are. That's why my son is crazy. That's why my sons are crazy. I got one that's kind of even keel. He's cool. <clears throat> the other three are crazy, right? My wife and I have reproduced what we are. So when I look at them and I say, why won't you listen? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. When I look at my sons and say, why did you do that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's because I would do that. Yeah. Okay? And, and so, but we reproduce what we are. An elephant begets an elephant. A giraffe begets a giraffe. An ostrich, an ostrich. A disciple, a disciple. That's why if you take a look at the disciples, They were like Christ, and they were first called Christians at Antioch because they said, look, there goes those Christians. There go those Christians, healing people, turning everything upside down. I want more than anything that people know us because of our love for one another, and and they could look look at us and say, there goes those Christians. I love the testimonies of being healed, being delivered, amen? You came forward with your faith, and I have no doubt that the Lord is going to continue to do a work in you, that that it's going to be night and day difference, amen? I believe that, Chrissy, for you, and I believe it for so many of us in here. You know, if you have the faith, come forward and say it. Confess it with your mouth. There's something that happens because the Lord shows us an example. If you confess, if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, that Jesus is Lord, you'll be saved. But there's something about confession that we come forward and say, I have the faith for this. Man, you watch it happen. I have the faith that we're going to see in this day and age. And I believe, just as Pastor Gary said it, I believe even before Pastor Gary said it, that we're in a new age. There's something happening here. There's, there's a new leaf that has turned. I, I, I read this really interesting article uh, we're, all, we're all my math freaks out there. Any, Mrs. Nolette's not out here. We got a couple. Right, I read an article this morning about the different moon phases in the previous 12 years. And they've taken a picture of every full moon in the previous 12 years. And you can see, and they've diagraphed it right from the same place. You can see Fibonacci's code in that thing right there. And you can see the different colors. And you can see the different phases of the moon go throughout the 12 years. And, right, and you see even scripturally what it says about the moon. Right, and what it says about the stars, and, and, and said the signs and the stars. Right, and you can see the Lord happening, and they're just trying to say, how cool is science? I'm looking at that, I'm saying, yo, how cool is our God who created science? How cool is our God that has put all of that in formation and says, look, look at this. These are the signs, this, this is the time here, and I'm doing something new. Amen, I'm not doing yesterday's manna. We're not asking for yesterday's manna. We're asking God that you would do something new because he's always doing a new thing. Amen? I promised myself I wasn't gonna crank out the DC talk. This isn't even in my notes. But God is doing something new in this day and age and I can say just watch it happen. Amen? We are here for such a time as this.
Amen? Man, I'm fired up. I haven't even started yet. I promise I won't be long. You know, Jesus didn't need us to make the gospel palatable. He just need us, he needed us to make it accessible. Go into all the world and make disciples. Preach the gospel to every living creature. Amen, go, it's such, it's such an active word. Go. You know, it's not always an easy process. Again, some of us, I just don't know what to do half the time. Amen, we, we come up to those situations or, and, and, I say, and I feel like, man, this is gonna be a really good disciple-making opportunity. What do I do, Lord? And sometimes the Lord will kind of give us something and, and it will make us feel uncomfortable. It's like, yo, I don't wanna do that in public. You know, can you imagine if Jesus did that? Jesus argued with the Father. I don't want to spit in the mud and wipe it on this guy's eyes in public, yo. What are you doing to me, Father? But he only, he only did what he said he saw the Father do. So there was something in him that saw the Father doing something. I don't know how to explain it. I don't know why the mud. I don't know why the sand. Okay, I don't know why he rubbed it. And then had a blind man go wash in the pool of Siloam, right? The pool of Siloam was like climbing down a spiral staircase. This dude is blind. I don't know why any of that. But yet Christ saw something in that. Can you imagine if Christ said, I don't know, God, that's going to make me look a little strange. I was convicted as I'm writing this, as I'm working on these notes. If this message for anybody, it's for me most. Because I struggle with this. I struggle with knowing that I have to make disciples. Not, I, I don't wanna say it like that. I have to make disciples. I want to make disciples. But I struggle moving sometimes led by the Holy Spirit. Are we not all there? We, I want, we want more of this. We need more of this. We need to be led by the Holy Spirit like never before. How do I know this? When Nike teams with two rappers to, to, to design the Satan shoe with the actual human's blood in there. That's how we know we need to make disciples. Amen? Because it's evident it's evident and it's all around us and it's not getting any more quiet. And, and we need to become and we need to, to make those disciples be, by becoming disciples then. Amen. So what is a disciple? I love how Jesus says the gospel will be preached to all the world and then the end will come. If you look at that word end, it literally means the end of this age and the beginning of a new, the new heaven and the new earth. Amen. And I want to live to see it. Therefore, there have been five billion, five billion, everybody say five billion, okay? There have been five billion Bibles printed throughout the world in, in more than 700 languages. Why aren't there five billion disciples? Again, I'm not, I'm not saying, yo, you need to do a better job. I'm saying, yo, collectively as the church, we need to do a better job and I'm excited for what the Lord is doing in us and through us. And I believe that we're gonna see like a, a revival like never before, and I've said that, and I keep saying that every time I preach. I know Pastor Gary has been saying that too because we've been praying for it. We've been praying for that for years. We've been believing for that for years. Amen? Do we have the faith to confess it? That we will see revival in this day. Amen? For we are here for such a time as this. So then, what is a disciple? Because you reproduce what you are, a disciple is more. It's got to be more than just a follower. It's got to be more than just a follower. Amen? It's got to be more than just you watch the little videos of the Apple commercials, and then you get really stoked about you know, buying the next product or, or whatever it is. It's got to be more than just a follower, okay? You can be a follower and not apply your lives totally to what you're following. You can get away with just kind of, you know, on the outskirts, okay? But what is a disciple? A disciple is someone who gives themselves completely, okay? And if you want to know where you are as a gauge, check your, check your bank ledger, Check your time, check your efforts, check your attention, check your web history, check your TV history. And then all of a sudden, you know, we can start to see what am I a disciple of? 
You know, am I, am I going in the right direction here? Or are there a few things in my life that I need to snuff out? As David prayed, and I, I, I say this all the time, as David prayed, Lord, examine my heart and let me know because I'm not gonna see it all the time. I'm not gonna see everything that I lack, so Lord, I need you to put it black and white even though it's gonna hurt me. I need you to show me what I do not need in my life because it is making me see you less. Because I need more of you. And if I'm gonna be a better disciple, I've got to have more of you. I've got to, when it comes to living the disciple life, I think it, become, it means becoming less like Caesar and more like Christ. No problem with Caesar, but I want his government over my life. It, it means more like being that motivational, like that motivational speech or motivational speaker and more like Christ. So that motiva- motivational speaker in many ways is a lot like Christ, but Lord, I want to become more like you. Amen. Are we there this morning? Let's go to Hosea. Hosea 3. You know, sometimes it's, uh, it's easy to grow weary in well-doing. Amen. Is it not? If we're all true, if we're all honest with one another, it's easy to grow weary in well-doing. How many are married? Right? A couple of you. Is it easy to grow weary in well-doing? Yeah, and, and let's, let's be honest with each other, right? Christ told us to, to give ourselves up. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church who gave himself up for becoming nothing. We're gonna read that in just, a little, in just a little bit here. But honestly, sometimes our love is pretty mediocre when it comes to our spouse. You know, I can say in the past two weeks, my, my wife has been more like Christ than I have been. I've seen her, uh, one, deal with my literally crying on the floor in pain. I've seen her continually go to the store and get yogurt, because that's all I can eat, right? And and she's like, she's taking me to the hospital, and she can't stay at the hospital because of COVID protocols, and and so she's taking me through. She is is taking care of me, right? And and also taking care of our uh, three children, uh, four children, sorry, wow, four children, (laughs) like an all-star, right? That's Christ. That's giving herself up for. And so a lot of times, even in just our marriages, we can be really mediocre at giving. But yet Christ, man, he he gave himself up for. And yet we sometimes just love minimally. We long suffer only if it benefits us. Amen? Hosea, let's get there. I love this. Hosea chapter three, verse one, it says this, and the Lord said to me, go again. Everybody say go again. Go again and love a woman who is loved by another man and is an adulteress. Even as the Lord loves the children of Israel, though they turn to other gods uh, who, and love cakes of raisins. Now, hold, let's do a little backstory here. Hosea's wife is Gomer. Gomer was a prostitute, okay, and was changed. And so the Lord spoke to Hosea, okay, and then all of a sudden Gomer falls back into a lifestyle. This morning it was exhorted just by our pastor uh, just after worship. We are like this so many times. We get saved. I got saved at 12. From the time I was 12 to basically just the other day, I've had this roller coaster ride of being like, I love you, Lord. Ah, I'm just not a fan. I love you. And it's this up and down. And we see this like Psalms, like Davidic, like Psalm thing through our lives, right? But we've all gone through this and we've been gomers. You know, maybe it's not that specific thing. But maybe it's something that pulls us away from. And listen to what he says here again. Even as the Lord loves the children of Israel, though they turn to other gods and cakes of raisins. Now those other gods, there are specific in our um, literally blatant stuff that we could turn against. You know, there's there's the, the Satanists. And that's obvious. 
But I have a feeling here, it, it's looking and it's speaking of something that's a little less obvious. And again, if you would take a look at, if we would take a look at our bank ledgers, we would probably see maybe those lowercase g gods are in the way. Maybe those things that we're addicted to are in the way. Even those good things, maybe they're just a little bit in the way, right? So Hosea, go again, go again. I mean, this is his wife. If we, in this same situation, whether we've been in this situation or not, you hear those words from God, go again. Go again. Go get her. Though they turn to other gods, go again. Yet she returned to her previous old lifestyle. The Lord says, go again. Listen to verse two right here. I read this this morning and I broke down in tears. It says, so I bought her for 15 shekels. Listen to this. Does this sound familiar to us? I bought her for 15 shekels of silver and a homer and of barley, okay? So one could say right here, 15 shekels was the price, but he in his desperation pays more. It says, I will go, so he probably goes and he sees his wife, whether she's tied up and, and, and chained up and, and naked, being auctioned off to the highest bidder. He goes and says, that's my wife. That's the mother of my children. And, and the enemy would say, it doesn't matter who you think she is. I have her and she, this is her price. And he says, I paid for her. He went somewhere where he didn't belong to pay for her to get her back. Amen? So he went. He didn't deserve this. He didn't need to be there. But yet he paid Christ upon that, that cross. When he walked that hill and hung upon that tree, the enemy would say, it doesn't matter what you think about them. I got them. I got you, Christ. I got you, and you're bound to the tree, and you're going to die. I have got you, I've got, right, I've got you right where I want you, the enemy would say. And, and the, the whole kingdom of darkness was probably celebrating, but yet the Lord says, when he said, it is finished, that's like something broke. And, and when that curtain broke, when that veil was torn, it, it opened up a new door for us, and Christ paid for us and said, they're mine. Just as Hosea said, she's mine. Not because there's some weird, freaky ownership over her. It's because of the love that he had for his wife. Never once between verse 3, where the Lord tells him, and verse 2, do you ever hear Hosea say, but God, that's gross. But God, she was unfaithful. But God, he says, so I bought her. Because she's my wife. And I will continually give myself up for her. I want to ask us all this morning to make disciples, we need to be more like Hosea. We need to be more like, in this text, but like Christ-like, like Christ. This is an example of Christ here. We all know that, we all see that, but in our Christ-like, let us be moved by this. When the Lord said Gomer to me, I thought, yeah, we're all gomers. I, I've, we've been there. I don't know. I don't want to preach that. But how can we use this example here to go to those places that make us uncomfortable to pull them out? To be able to to be able to go in love, to be able to speak in love. We see the love here, this, this undying love. You know, the world is going to love you and then it's gonna reject you. I heard this, uh, I heard this quote uh, many years ago, I don't know who it was by, said at first they idolize you, right, and then they demonize you. You might get hired at that company 
and, and they might think that you're the greatest thing since sliced bread, and you come in, you're Christ-like, and, and you're, you're doing your thing, but, but the one mention of the explicit gospel to them, they're gonna demonize you. Maybe not everybody, you know, but I'm saying use your influence where you are. Go again. Go again. They're gonna try to cancel you because you say certain words in love, you speak the truth in love, you speak the word of God in love, and they try to cancel you, go again. Amen? You know, they're, they're, going to, they're going to try to say lies about you. You know, you might have had people in the, in the past year saying lies and, and trying to get you, you know, off your, your kilter, but go again. And some of you, you're still in quarantine. So that's just your family. That's a joke, by the way. I hope your family's not that bad. But to live like Christ, listen to this, is absolute death to our flesh. It's got to be. It has got to be death to the flesh. We can't hang on to anything. We can't hang on for, you know, this feels good. Or, you know, we're, we're so quick and so easy to embrace pleasure, right? But when it comes to doing the hard things, we just, ugh, I don't, I'd rather not. I'd rather have everything kind of easy. I had somebody tell me one time, when it comes to the gospel of Christ, when it comes to doing the right thing, everything is easy. I thought, that is the biggest lie I've ever heard in my life. Because sometimes when you're doing the right thing, it's the hardest thing that you could possibly do because you're gonna have a world against you. You're gonna stand up for the truth. You're gonna stand up for what you believe in and the whole world is gonna turn on you. Go again. Amen? You're gonna feel like you've had it all and, and, and you're just done with this world and I just want to go home. I just, I don't care. I don't want to live anymore. I don't even care what's going to happen after I, I leave this place. I don't care. I just don't want to be here. And you're going to feel like everything, the whole air has been snuffed out of your lungs. Go again. Go again, because the Lord in his faithfulness will see your faithfulness. And he has this way of blessing. He has this way of providing for us and leading us by his Holy Spirit if we have ears to hear, amen? So God is going to use you in your corporations. God is gonna use you in the supermarkets. God is gonna use you in your family, to your children. God is gonna use you in ways that you didn't expect it if you open up your ears. If we open up our ears, open up our eyes and be allowed to be led by the Holy Spirit and we say, yes, God, use me, Amen? It'll be an easier thing to say, I'm gonna go again. Amen? I'm gonna go again. I'm going to go into all the world, not for my sake, not for the church's sake, but for the kingdom of God and the king who sits high upon his throne. Amen? Let's go to Philippians. Philippians 2. Our key ingredient as a disciple of Jesus Christ needs to be love. And what does love look like? It looks like this. I love this. Verse Three of chapter two in Philippians, it says, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility, everybody say humility, count others more significant than yourselves. Everybody got that down? We're working on it, all right? Let each of you look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others, right? Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. Pastor Gary just said moments ago, we have the mind of Christ. Therefore, we have the ability to not only do the right thing, but Jesus said, these things that I did, these things that you read about in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and all throughout the epistles, these things you know, like healing legion from all those demons? You know what legion means? Thousand, right? Or I don't know, maybe there's a, maybe there's a you know, a Navy person, maybe legion means more, but I know it's more than 10. And I've seen people possessed with demons. And so this cat had legions of demons to the point where he called himself legion. We are many. Possessed by multiple, multiple, multiple demons. Set free. To the point where he was howling and cutting himself, set free. Jesus said, you know that? You know the whole mud thing with the eyes? We talked about that. You know, Jesus said, you know that? You said, you know, 
the, the, the gospels say that there would be countless and, and not enough books to even hold all the miracles that Christ is, is still doing this day. Said so Jesus said, you know all that? Greater things shall you do. But yet, part of my biggest problem is I don't even believe it. Can I say that? Can I be, can I be transparent? Because I feel like we need to be transparent. I say I believe it. Lord, use me. And then he says, greater things? Greater things, God, really? Greater things, Jesus? I mean, I, I've read about amazing things that you did. Amazing, Old Testament stuff too. Old Testament Yahweh, you, you know, splitting the sea. There is no God like Jehovah because we've seen him do amazing things. Jesus says, these things shall you do because I'm going to the Father and now I'm praying for you that you can go into all the world, that you can make disciples, that you can go get these people out of bondage. Some people, literal bondage. I mean, do we have to talk about the children's slave trade? It's ridiculous. It shouldn't even be a thing. Amen? Lord, how can I be used more by you? Let's read on. Have this mind among yourselves. We have the mind of Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking on the form of a servant. Being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Have this mind. What does a disciple look like? This isn't even my study Bible. This is, uh, this is a thin line. I don't know when I highlighted that, probably years ago, but that's how important this verse is to me because if, if you know me at all, I'm not the most humble person. And this is a reminder that God says, I don't care about your pride. In fact, your pride sometimes, Talbot, can get you in more trouble. I don't want your flesh. I want you to crucify the flesh every day. Those children that you have, you give yourself for them. Those people that you come in contact with, even by accident at the post office, give yourself to them. Start those conversations with them. We even, one of the most beautiful things, I, I knew this pastor, uh, this pastor was the, the, probably the most kind-hearted older man, you know, he's, he's probably gone home to be with the Lord years ago. Most kind-hearted older man, it was when I was first saved in, in Berwick, Maine, and um, this man would just weave the gospel into every conversation, and he'd have you know, we were in Berwick, Maine, which was just outside of Summersworth. Some of you know where that is specifically, right? And it's kind of like an inner city. And we would go there and we would go throughout Summersworth and everything like that. And we had this thing when I was just a, a you know, a 15 year old Christian uh, in youth group one night. Uh, this, this man took over youth group because our youth pastors were away. And, and this old man said, We're going to go witnessing. Right, and so I didn't know what I was getting into. I thought, okay, whatever. I'm just gonna go with this. This guy is really cool. I like him, and he really he likes really good blues music. And I didn't even realize there were Christian blues, but he, we listened to Christian blues on the way. It's like an irony. But nevertheless, he went, and I saw him weave the gospel into everyday conversations with people, where they didn't even realize. I'm like, that's beautiful. That is beautiful. Lord, teach us. 
Lord, teach us to be more like you in the sense where we see everybody as you. Let's go to Romans 15. I'm gonna, I'm gonna kind of close with this one. Romans 15, if we're not convinced by Philippians. And, and now these are just two scriptures out of so many more. Right, we see the, we see the scripture continually and perpetually pointing us to the fact that Jesus continually gave himself and continues by the power of his Holy Spirit to, to give to us, right, the edification, to give to us what we need to lead us in the ways that we need to go because he loves us and he's going to the Father. Romans 15, Romans 15, starting in verse one, says this, we who are strong have an obligation to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Listen to this. It's the example of Christ right here. Let each of us please his neighbor for his good to build him up. But you don't understand my neighbor, Pastor Pete. You don't understand. Because I got some neighbors. You don't understand my colleagues. You don't understand my students in my class. (laughs) But you don't understand. I'm not asking to understand. I'm just reading the scripture. Let each of us please his neighbor for his good to build him up. What are we doing to build up our neighbor? I have this saying, and, and it's, it's been a bummer of a, that I didn't get to coach basketball this year, so it's March Madness right now, and I am I'm watching, so I miss basketball. I love coaching basketball. But there's a saying that I leave with my, my basketball team every year. This is the most important thing that you need to know. Do on the court your actions on the court, your actions on the bench, your actions in prayer need to, uh, in practice uh, need to be to make the person's life next to you better. Make it easier for the person next to you, whether on the bench, on the court, in practice, whether at home. Make their lives better. Make their lives easier make, so that you can fulfill a purpose. Okay? If we're all out there playing for ourselves, that's not team, You know, I have this feeling that the kingdom of God, including all of us, and God using all of us, is more than just I, I, I. Me, me, me. It now becomes make their lives better. Let each of us please his neighbor for his good to build him up. For Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of those who reproach you fell on we have got to do better. Man, I, I, I was thinking about this too. I, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna lie. I, I was arguing with God this morning as I was writing this and, and I thought, well, God, I mean, even you won't contend with people forever. You know, at, at some point in time, we've seen it in the Old Testament where you just said enough's enough. It, you know, and I said, Lord, you know, there's some people, enough's enough. I'm not gonna go there. You know how easy it is in 2021 just to unfriend or unfollow somebody on Facebook? You know, we get upset, we get, I've done it, right? We, we get offended in such a way, unfriend, unfollow, I don't know them, or I'm gonna mute them for 30 days, I just found out you could do that. <laughs> some, of, some of you are like, yo, Talbot, I muted you like 30 days ago, so I'm gonna have to do it again, thanks for the reminder, right? But it's so easy now to do that. Imagine if Christ could just mute instead of go through Samaria. Disciples, I'm sorry, the the Jews were really good at muting Samaria. I'm not going to go through, I'm going to go around, there's too much tension there. We just don't associate, we don't go. Mute. But instead, Christ said, I've got to because I've got to fulfill a purpose here. We've got to go to some of those places and fulfill a purpose. What does that look like? In your jobs, become a disciple. To your children, to your family, become a disciple. To those people that you run into the supermarket, become a disciple. They're gonna cancel me, go again. They're gonna crush my dreams, go again. 
They're not gonna believe a word I say, go again. Well, you don't know how hard this is, go again. This isn't for us, this is for him. Because man, Lord, I owe you my life. And God will say, sure, there's a time where I'll no longer contend. But he says, vengeance is mine, not yours. You go again. You be there for them. Help them grow. Help those plants that are ungrowable grow. I've got these plants in my office, and um, one of them, the soil's bad. So it's, the leaves are changing colors. And so I asked our local plant experts, what's going on? And I should ask you too, and, and you. What's, what's happening? They said it's the soil. So you transplant and clean it up, water it, protect it. We need to take those same things you know, Jesus said you'll know them by the fruit. But listen, we need to take that same principle. You know, we need to transplant ourselves. We need to become better disciples before we can go. For a lot of us, we need to get on our faces because we've been the gomer. But aren't you glad that Jesus isn't upstairs with the ledger saying, I remember what you did last Tuesday. I'm not gonna bless you now. Even though I said it is finished on the cross, I see that on your ledger, I'm sorry, I'm not gonna go there. Therefore, I'm gonna dock you 50 points and you're gonna have, you know, Jesus doesn't do that. Cast our sins as far as the east is from the west. We'll never meet. It's not like a globe where they'll eventually meet. This is like outer space type stuff, never coming in contact again. As far as the east is from the west. Never, ever, yeah, east from the west. Are you tracking with me, though? That's, the Lord doesn't hold a ledger. Therefore, we need not to judge the gomers and say, tisk tisk. We need not to judge those ones caught in that, remember Jesus you know, catches the woman, or Jesus didn't catch the woman, the religious leaders caught the women uh, caught in adultery. What does Jesus do? Let those without uh, without sin, cast the first stone. He could have cast the first stone, but yet didn't. He reaches down and picks up her face, and he's there for her. Are we willing to be there for them, for each other, for such a time as this? Amen? Are we? Amen. I want to I close with this. It's always awkward when I close because usually I'm the, I'm the worship leader. And so I might have you close your eyes and pray and then I'll go back and start singing something. <clears throat> but I'm gonna ask if maybe you guys play something soft while we pray. But I, I, wanna, I wonder if we could reflect this week. I, I, I love to, speaking to the teenagers, uh, you know, I, I, because I love giving them something to reflect on. Whether they do or not, you know, I'm just gonna plant the seed and then hope that the seed takes root there. Right, and, and, and I'm gonna continue to, to water them and, and, and hopefully you know, continue to cultivate the ground that sometimes is really stony. But nevertheless, I, I hope that it takes seed. So I wonder if we could reflect this week and we could ask ourselves, what am I doing? What can I do? I mean, they asked Jesus, what do I need to do to become saved? And I could see Jesus kind of chuckle, do? What must you do? You must believe. Amen? So we need to, am I believing in this? Am I believing in me becoming a better disciple to create disciples that create disciples? That's what I pray that this church would look like going forward. No more boxed up, watered down, westernized Christianity. I'm saying let's see a potent, full of power, Gospel that is going forth, that is breaking the stony hearts and creating a heart that is full of flesh and beating with the power, beating with the blood of Christ 
that is willing to go into those dirty places where they shouldn't be and say, I will buy them. I will take them out from there, from the bondage. Lord, lead us to where we need to be. Can we stand? I want to stand and pray. Lord, give us the revelation we need, Father. Examine us, Lord. Let us see those shadows that need to be illuminated in our own lives, Father. God, that you would teach us to walk in the way, God. Walk in the way of, uh, to become more like you. Lord, that we would only do what we see the Father do. God, that we would walk in such a manner where people would know us because of our faithfulness to you. Lord, that they would know us because of our love for one another. And God, that they would know, Lord, that you are doing something. Lord, I thank you for all the converts in 2020. But Lord, I pray that those converts would be converted into disciples. And, and God, that this, 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 uh, what you're doing would be like another, any other time in history, Father, unlike any other time. But what you're doing right now, God, would cause revival all throughout the United States, Lord, all throughout the surrounding countries, God, and, and the entire world, the entire earth would be filled with your glory. But God, I even pray, and Lord, this might be a little selfish of me, but Father, I pray for this nation. And Lord, I thank you that you've had to shake us. And, but Lord, I thank you for there's people rising up in every corner of the nation, Father, that aren't going to just succumb or just going to, to listen to whatever they have to say or whatever they have to say. But Father, we are rising up with the power of Christ Jesus within us. And so Father, even though they cancel us, we will go again. And so Lord, I pray that you would give us the boldness of Christ Jesus to walk in the manner that is worthy of your calling. And God, that we would, we would, we would rise, Father, as Lord, not for our sake, but God, that we would be the light of the world and the salt of the earth for such a time as this. So Lord, I thank you for using us. God, I thank you for using us. I pray that this nation would once again send, send people all into all the other nations, God. Lord, now we see people coming to this nation, but Lord, I pray that you would uh, allow us to, uh, Lord, forget the, the old way that didn't work. Lord, there's a, there's a way that seems right to man, but in the end it leads to death. So Lord, we look to you. Father, our eyes are only on you, God. And if they are not, Father, I pray that you would, you would reveal that to us, God, that we are just off by a little mark, God, and you would show us the course that we need to walk so that we could walk and we could spread the glory wherever we go. Father, we love you. God, we praise you. We give you the glory and the honor for it is due to you, God. You are holy. We don't worship you just to sing some songs we like, but God, we worship you because you are good and you have pulled us just like Gomer. You have pulled us out of those shackles. You have paid for us even more than we deserve, God. You have taken us from, and, and, and Lord, just as so many prodigals as we once were, Lord, you, you celebrate with us. And, and, and then, Father, you celebrate with us. And then there's the fat calf, God. We can celebrate with you, Father. So Lord, I pray for the generations and the generations that all surround us, God. And Lord, I pray that there would be baptism of the Holy Spirit that would go forth, Lord, even in the supermarkets, God. And Lord, I pray that there would be a great joy that would fill. And Lord, that depression wouldn't be able to stand. And, and everything that 2020 caused, God, that you would turn around for good and even better, Father, because you are working in this day and age. And so Lord, I thank you. I thank you for using us, Lord. Lord, you're calling us to something greater. Father, thank you. Thank you for your glory, for your glory. God, fill us with such joy. Fill us with such joy. There's people in this room, you're struggling with depression. Go in Jesus' name. Just believe it. Say, go in Jesus' name. And we need to rise up with faith. Amen, church, you can open your eyes, you can keep them closed, but just stay standing. You know, I wasn't gonna do this. I felt like the Lord challenged me during worship. I didn't wanna do this either. But some of you, you're expecting your healing. You're expecting that depression to leave. Whatever it is, say, go in Jesus' name. Come on, get the faith, get the faith. Just say, go in Jesus' name. Oh, Heavenly Father, you make all things new. Father, we're gonna see a wave of revival go through this land like never before, God, because of what you're doing. So Father, we speak the name of Jesus over every 
every situation, over every broken heart, over every broken body. And God, as this week, God, as we all leave here and as we begin to worship in our own language, as we begin to speak and pray in our own language, Father, as we just find ourselves even baptized with the Holy Spirit. Some of you are gonna get baptized by the Holy Spirit this week and you're just gonna start laughing because you're not even gonna expect it. Hallelujah, you're gonna be in worship, you're gonna be in prayer and the Lord's just gonna speak to you. You're just gonna start shouting out and you're gonna be baptized with the Holy Spirit because of what the Lord is doing in us and through us. So Father, let boldness arise in this place. Let faith arise in this place. Father, let the enemy's plans be shattered. Father, let diabetes be shattered. Type one, type two, whatever types there are, God, let it be shattered. Let cancer be shattered, Father. Lord, I pray that you would restore what the enemy has taken. And God, that you would even replenish and replace. And Father, multiply. You're so good at multiplying, Father, that you would multiply what the enemy has stolen. So Father, this week, God, the people of God, as people of God, we we rush into the enemy's gates. We kick them down and we take back what the enemy has stolen from us. Oh, church, some of you, the enemy has stolen quite the goods, but we walk into that, that camp and he might not expect us and he would look at us and say, what are you doing here? I'm here for what is mine because it is mine and this is what the Lord wanted for me. Okay, this is not yours, enemy, so I take back what you have stolen and then amen. And then the enemy has to multiply that because that's the principle, that's the law, and that's what Jesus is doing. So Jesus, I pray for every soul that's out there that needs to hear the gospel this week. God, I pray for every soul that is broken and crushed and is literally hanging by a thread, Father. I pray that you would surround us with divine appointments, God. And and Lord, yes, I fearfully ask that you would do that. I fearfully ask and I tremble and, 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 and I have terror when I pray that because Lord, I know that you'll do that. Father, surround us with divine appointments, God, that we could preach and share and just become the gospel, become the gospel of Jesus Christ, that we would be a disciple here in this day and age. Father, that people throughout the supermarkets standing in line for their prescription drugs would be healed and would walk out and wouldn't even need their prescription drugs. Lord, not because we're special, but because of how great and how powerful you are. And just because, Lord, you said on that cross that it is finished. I pray for every child, every child that is fear, that is fearful of COVID. Lord, I pray for every person that is fearful of COVID. God, I pray that fear would be broken in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Lord, I pray that, that the spirit of fear in every situation would be broken. I pray for every child that feels, uh, that feels without a parent or, or is feeling alone. God, I pray that you would even rise up different people around them that aren't their parents that would become like mentors to them, that would, that would show them how Christ lived, how Christ talked, how Christ was and show them what a good father and a good mother looked like. Lord, I pray for children everywhere. I pray for children in the sex slave uh, trade, Father. I pray that that would be broken in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Lord, that even... Lord, Lord, even the people that are trying to, to hide it in the shadows, God, I pray that they would be exposed in Jesus' name. Lord, and we know, Father, there, there are people high up in our government, Father, I pray that they would be exposed in Jesus' name. That I even pray for our government, Lord, I pray that people with the mind of Christ would rise up in our government. And, and Lord, that would govern from their knees, that would govern like how you govern in Jesus' name. Lord, that we would give you the glory, that we would give you the glory, not mammon the glory. Lord, mammon has had the glory for too long, far too long. So Lord, we rise up with a faith and a boldness like never before, and we say, Jesus, we are taken back. We are taking back what the enemy has stolen. We are taking back this nation in Jesus' name. We are taking back the nations of the earth in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Do you believe it, church? Amen. Give God the glory. Give God the praise. Give God the honor. Hallelujah. We believe you. We believe it in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. You can play that music, church. I knew right from the get-go this morning that... Something was gonna happen. There was something caught up, shot up in my bones, right? Amen. Don't don't leave that fire that you had in worship. Amen. Let that go. You walk out of this. You walk out of the doors. It's sometimes so easy just to kind of collapse into Sunday afternoon. I'm gonna take my Sunday nap while while the dinner's in the crock pot. But I, I want to encourage us to not leave this the same way we came in. But let's leave with a righteousness that is found in Christ Jesus, not around. Let's leave with him saying, uh, with the Holy Spirit leading us, amen? I just, it's something simple I feel to share. Um, 
was in my devotional time and it struck me and then when you're preaching Pete it was like just all over me and it hasn't left so I feel I'm to share it with everybody but you know many of us say like he's savior he's my savior Jesus is my savior you know but is he king but is he king and the king's saying go again Amen. I'm going, to alter the, I'm going to open the altars up if anybody needs any special prayer. But let that resonate with you. He's Savior, but is he king? Hear our king saying to us this morning, go again. Go again because I am praying for you. I am leading you. Don't go again in your flesh. That will just lead us back to where we were. We don't need us to go back to, to our flesh and, and be become gomers again but can we rise like Hosea can we rise like Christ King Jesus saying go again amen amen, amen. God bless you